It comes as some surprise when people hear me say that the single most important thing that I believe in human development and in the study of uh, our ability to present uh, and be successful in the world is future seeing. I love the topic. Um, I, at the same token, I uh, uh, resent the topic because it's it's such a foggy and uh, frustratingly um, nebulous topic because a lot of it is unseen. You can't see the future. You can't see how what you're doing today has an impact on the future. You can't see how doing silly things will have a result in two years time but so please forgive me on this podcast today when I struggle with my favorite topic in the world when I struggle to present it in a way that uh, doesn't leave loopholes left right and center for um, for judgment Usually I don't worry about this topic. Usually I just speak from my heart and let it all roll out. But today, uh, I confess, presenting this is a struggle, not doing it. And one of the things that I've valued and respected about what I've delivered to the world over these last 45 years is that I haven't, I've been able to do everything I talk about and therefore... I've been able to, in a sense, talk about stories and history that validate what I talk about or use the universal laws of nature. And in this topic alone, uh, we get left we get left out a little bit out uh, in the wilderness. So let me just get started with it. Um, firstly, let me say this. If I was in Canada right now talking to Canadians, this would not be a hard topic. Uh, for some reason, the Canadian culture uh, uh, generically has embraced both the diversity of the Western um, British thinking, the, the, the aristocratic or white race thinking of if it's real, it you can touch it and you can feel it and it, you can smell it and therefore it's there. Uh, and they've also been able to embrace the indigenous thinking of the concept of spirit and the ability to shift, shape-shift things in our future and our present um, in a positive way through non-material activity. Um, the challenge of this is that there are enough examples of people who've worked diligently hard to create material success in Canada who failed on a spiritual level but also failed on a material level. And there's enough examples of Indigenous people who've got themselves into uh, substance abuse, alcohol, um, uh, into violence, into trouble with the law, uh, through even though they've been highly subscribed to the spiritual teachings of their culture. So it would appear that nobody's really been able to amalgamate the two sides of this equation perfectly into a harmonious, um, satisfying, future-seeing, guaranteeing uh, presentation. So I, I, although I, as I say, I find this conversation much easier in Canada because the language crosses boundaries that it doesn't cross in the US or uh, in Australia or in Britain uh, and in particular Europe, 
I, I do find, however, it, um, it, it, it's important to talk about, and in, in, in Australia we understand it as East meets West, where the Buddhist monks that I meet when I go in the Himalayas are sitting on a cushion, uh, smiling away uh, with incense in the background, drinking butter tea, chanting away, believing that that alone changes the world. They never chant for their own health. They never chant for their personal well-being. They are always meditating for the betterment of the world for all sentient beings and for others. And so a lot of the meditation that I see in the Western world that comes back materializes itself and corrupts itself into, I want to be a better me. And I think that's where the glitch has started to transcend into the indigenous cultural uh, beliefs of Canada in that uh, in, in working there what I found was the western uh, model of me 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 I'm most important my ego is really important has infiltrated into the cultural thing of the indigenous people to say I I, I do my traditional uh, ceremonies and I do my traditional beliefs based on me 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 and the me has become the central focus of both East and West in many cultures. And it, 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 and this is an error. The Western model is built on me, 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 my, my, I, ego. I've got to build mine up so I can give mine to others. And that's you can't give what you haven't got. On the other hand, um, in the East, you will find people who are living in abject poverty who believe they can give you blessings and who believe they can transcend you help you transcend your illnesses so in the eastern model you can give what you haven't got uh, in the western model you can't give what you haven't got and i think we need to for the sake of today's conversation put these two models together to look at how they influence the future firstly uh the future, uh, a future built on me, 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 my, my, is materialization. So when we say, I want to have $5,000 in the bank, I want to have a better job, I want to have a better family, what we're talking about is the materialization of these things. More kids, more house, more cars, more bus, more job, more money, more um, health, more um, hairs on our head, whatever it is, bigger boobs, um, longer bits and pieces, we're, we're materialising things into a shape and size and form. And um, so that's the Western model and uh, everything is measured against that. Success is measured about how many, how much and how big. And But in the Eastern model, which I'm not talking about people from the East because now China is as Western as, 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 as uh, the West. So what we're talking about, the Eastern model, the more um, Hindu, the more Buddhist, the, the more Himalayan, can I call it. The Eastern model uh, has a different bent and it basically saying is my spiritual achievements uh, won't be measured necessarily in material gain, but they will be measured in compassionate language of how many people did I help, how many people did I care for, how many how much how big is the imprint that i left in this world in a in a more philosophical form the perfect model of this is um mr tesla who's a billionaire in a material language but also left a huge huge transcendent footprint 
on the planet in terms of being able to change the environment, change uh, uh, the way we use power and the way we integrate electrical uh, cars in, and solar-powered things into our life. So there's a person who's left both an eastern footprint, which is the model of um, uh, spiritual actualization, which is the east, and left a material model, which at this point in time is in the, in the vicinity of tens of billions of dollars. So there's a human being who's who's a very normal human being. He's not uh, given any blessing that you or I haven't been given, but has been able to integrate them both and see the future. Future seeing, therefore, relies on two, two aspects of our life. Firstly, the materialization of things. Materialization comes from goals, comes from clear stepping, comes from honesty, comes from understanding the step between now and the next and the next and the next and the next stepping stones along the way and building bridges across those steps. The materialization of life, how to build wealth, is not about guesswork or fantasy or about sitting with your legs crossed, meditating and praying that the money suddenly evaporates and goes where it was. I think this is one of the big problems with the book series and the TV series called The Secret, where people are talking about healing and and uh, well-being and the secret, which is affirmation and visualization and what have you. And then they're in the same breath talking about materialization of money and cash and wealth. Now, they they are one topic. This is not a separate, two separate topics. The future is the future, whether it's in terms of spiritual, emotional, feeling, experiential terms, or whether it's in, in the language of material, hardcore. But we need to be really clear what we want. Now... This is the starting point of future seeing. To split the future into two topics, the material and the metaphysical or the spiritual. How do I want to feel in the future? Uh, how much love do I want to experience? How many people do I want to impact in the future? That's my spiritual aspiration. And this is a really important one because we eliminate the word I. Uh, we, we, we are not saying I want uh, a better uh, I, I want more love. I want to give more love. I want to share more friendship. I want to heal more people. I want to make the world a better place. And so the spiritual, emotional aspect of the future is really, really important. We need to know what we want to give the world. The second question about this, and this is where it becomes a little tricky because it's about prioritization. The second question of this is, what do I need in order to be able to give that? And so we might say, as an example, I would like to uh, do 10,000 presentations on stage around the world as a keynote speaker in the next five years. I chop it down and I say 10,000 presentations, five years, that's 2,000 a year. There's 365 days in a year. That means I'm going to be doing in the vicinity of, let's say, 20... What is it? Uh, Ten or so, taking weekends away and day breaks. Ten to fifteen presentations a day. I'm going to be taking that. Um, uh, I'm going to need to achieve that. Ten presentations a day. Is that logical? Yes, it is. It is logical as long as I'm not required to be physically present to do those presentations. So I can create videos and YouTube. Uh, things, podcasts and what have you, and therefore I will deliver so many thousand presentations, so many a day, and so and I will achieve my 
um, material goals and I'll be remunerated for them. But the question would be, what do I need to have in order to do that? What do I need to, um, uh, what do I need, what wealth, what what uh, material world do I need to secure that? Well, I'll need a recording studio. I'll need probably a scriptwriter. I'll probably need um, a good place to live. And I can calculate the mathematics of the materials that I would need in order to cause the spiritual I would love to achieve. So the one is I, because it's my money, my wealth, and again, it doesn't have to be just mine. I, for example, live uh, right now, uh, it's not the properties that I own, it's the property that I rent because I, I want to live near Bondi and I don't want to buy in Bondi, but so I have a landlord who owns the house I live in, therefore I don't need the five to ten million dollars that is the value of the property, I just need the value of the rent per month to sustain this living environment where I'm doing this recording right now. So I'm achieving my goal, my spiritual goal. I'm actually uh, valuing, uh, working out the materials that I need in order to cause that. It would it also come into the fact if I said tomorrow I want to have children, how many million dollars uh, per 10 years do I need to, to cause that to happen if I want this particular lifestyle for the children? And so... Uh, with the material world, we can calculate into the future. If we say we want these things and we want to experience the love of family, we want to build a family and then give that love out to others, as soon as we flip it from uh, wanting to giving, we have to be careful to link the two. Now, the prioritization of the linking doesn't matter. If you say, I want to build a $10 million business, there's the material goal, there's the business goal, that's it, it's cooked. The question is, what will that business give the world? And if the giving part is not present, we're, we, we can't engage in future seeing because future seeing needs to combine both the material and the spiritual aspects of the future. So the giving part, what does my business deliver? How does it make the world a better place? How does it uh, fulfill its purpose? What is its mission? What is its uh, bigger story? And how does this affect the world? And we need to have this vision, visualization, the manifestation process begins with this very spiritual, very uh, internal process of giving out. It ends up saying, what do I need to have in order to give that? And that becomes the material. So there's a sequence that flows through the whole thing. When the spiritual part is missing, in other words, a person just works from an ego point saying, I want, I want, I want, this is what I want, this is what I want, this is what I want to feel, this is what I want to have, this is what I want to do, this is me, this is me, this is me, this is me. They miss out on the ability to future see. To future see means to be sure of the future. And future seeing therefore flips, has a balance of what I want and how that serves the world. And What's important here is the what I, how it serves the world has to become the motive, the driving force. And the what I want has to become the service point that says if, with, uh, if I want to deliver good business strategies to corporations around the world, I need a home to come home to. And that I define that home as a place full of uh, people and the people in the home are the people that I've given birth to and a partner and that looks like XYZ so we can take the material side of it 
and put it together with the spiritual side of it, we end up with East and West. And this is where, as I said before, future seeing begins. It begins with what's called the manifestation process. Now, there are certain things that will cause this conversation that I've just had with you to go pear-shaped. And the one thing that causes it to go pear-shaped is emotion. Now, all of the material world that we talked about just now, the, the Western side, is all driven by emotion. We want stuff for ourselves because of what it will feel like, what it will cause us, what, what it will... What, what, and want is absolutely an emotionally driven word. It's the fourth level up. We know got to is the most emotional. Should is extremely emotional. Need to is less emotional. Want to is still emotional. It's the highest level of self-actualization that Maslow could consider, but it's still very, very emotional. So all emotion ends up in the materialization planet. The problem with emotion is it's very dualistic. So for every upper, we have a downer. For every elation, we have a depression. So the problem with people who just have goal setting and just have elation and depression and the, the type of thing the Americans are absolute genius at, which is getting hyped up about stuff, which is extremely emotional about things in order to cause them to happen. This is a very vulnerable path. It's a very uns uncertain path. And you can't predict the future because we've, we've got somewhere between the West, which is the emotion of I, 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 I and the ego, and the East, which is you, 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 you and the spiritual. Somewhere in between those two, there is what we call the laws of nature, the universal laws. And somewhere in between those East and West, there is a gap. And we fall down that gap because we get expectations. Now, expectations are built on our belief patterns. So if you were born into a tough world or you were born into an easy world, you develop a belief pattern. You get too much of something, not enough of something. And those beliefs, very early in life, seek themselves out. They seek themselves out in philosophy. So, for example, if we gravitate towards Buddhism, it's because possibly we had drama in our childhood and we're looking for peace. We had too much drama, we're looking for peace. So those things that happened in the early days of our childhood start to seek themselves out in the, in the things we attract and the things we want and the things we desire and the people we get attracted to and all sorts of things. So in between the eastern side, which is the spiritual, I'd love to give the world a, uh, a great gift, and the, and the material side, which is I, I, I'm really important and I want this and I want that and I get hyped about it. In between those two, there's a gap. And in that gap falls our expectation. In, a, in between the expectation of what we want and what we'd love to give, in between those is, is a gap. And it may as well be a, a crevasse in the Himalayas that you fall down uh, to a bottomless hole. Because if our expectations are wrong, they keep the two sides permanently and forever apart. Now, we may flip our I want to give um, thing. We may flip our love over into our material world. And so we bring East over into the West and say, I would love a house and I would love a car. But we're still talking ego. Uh, we may also bring the material over into the, into the East and say, I, 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 would, uh, I would love to create a better world and I'm going to build myself a temple or I'm going to build myself something. So we try to get 
what's called karmic benefit from doing what we do, which is completely bringing west to east. In order to amalgamate east and west, and therefore have what I call future seeing in the world, to understand the future, we need to have realistic expectations of how the world works. Otherwise, this world on the left, this material world, becomes a fear-driven, oh my God, I hope I get what I really want, because if I don't get what I really want, I'm going to feel like shit, and if I feel like shit, I really don't want to be here, and yada, 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 and oh my God, I'm getting closer to death, oh my God, oh my God, poor me, poor me, poor me. That stuff starts to rattle around inside our brain because the, the, the bridge across the crevasse, the steps, the, the ladder we lay across the crevasse is broken uh, because our expectations are fictitious. And we've tried to cross that bridge many, many times but nearly fallen down the hole. On the other side, we can also um, uh, become really philanthropic and say, I don't care about myself, I just care about the world, I just care about giving and I just care about water temperatures and I care about life and love and all these things and become all meditative and go down to Bondi and sit on the beach and pray for the waves to go away. But that also doesn't work because there's no grunt and even the monks live in the Himalayas are supported by an infrastructure that allows them to sit and create vibes around the planet and they need to be able to sit there and watch three million of their fellow monks be slaughtered by the Chinese while they sit there believing that they're changing the world by meditating. So there's a, a massive infrastructure that goes to holding the space on the spiritual side. And that infrastructure and the material infrastructure that helps them be there without work uh, is called expectation. And this is the crevasse. Now, it's been my discovery through 45 years is this is the gap this gap, this crevasse between East and West is where 99% of people fall down the hole because everybody's trying to predict what are realistic expectations. Now we write biographies, we write books, we have seminars, we get online, we tell people what they want to hear. But the trouble is when we tell people what they want to hear is we tell them the myth that they learnt in their early life that they're seeking to find in their later life, we tell them the myth instead of confronting the myth. The bridge across the crevasse is to actually make the crevasse disappear. The crevasse is only the gap between reality, the universal laws, and our expectation, which are emotional laws or spiritual laws that we've invented from some book or something. So trying to put... Trying to bridge that gap, cross over between the two is incredibly risky. It's If you ever watch a, a mountaineering film and they walk across the ladder that's laying across a, a, a crevasse, it's as spooky as all shit. One wrong step with those crampons on and you're down to the bottom of the crevasse. And even though you're roped up, it's a horrible fall and the rope is probably going to wrench your back and wrench your neck and and, and render you in, uh, incapable of continuing on the climb. So nobody wants to fall down the gap, even with a rope to save them. Therefore, we stop crossing. And what we do is we start staying on the material world and sort of looking across to the other side about the spiritual side and say, yeah, yeah, I get it or I get all that. I'll meditate or I'll listen to some tapes or I'll read some books about uh, spirituality. But we can't go there because the gap is too big between our expectations and the reality that will bridge the gap. Filling up that gap 
is the only solution if you want to be able to cross but and do what's called future seeing, to be, have certainty of the future, clarity, and this confidence that comes from knowing that, that you can predict the future. And predictability of the future relies on seeing the future through a pair of eyes that are not a human pair. They are universal. Those universal laws, the five universal laws, are what we teach over and over again in coaching and what we have to continually remind ourselves because the gap gets wider, we learn the thing and then we forget, we get over on the material world, we go to work and we get stressed and we, we go back to old expectations. Or we go in the spiritual side and we meditate and the world becomes a beautiful place, but what happens when we're over there? We forget the material life and suddenly there's expectations of the material life conforming with the spiritual life, which is all very peaceful and kind. So this gap bears no resemblance to either the material or the spiritual side. It is a gap filler. It is realistic expectations. How does this universe, therefore the world, therefore my country, therefore my family, therefore my body, therefore myself, how does it all work? And that's the key to future seeing. And that's the gap that exists in Canada between the indigenous teachings and the material teachings and why they don't, quite often, people fall down the gap in between the two. They carry the expectations of their wounds into the gap and it just doesn't work. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.